Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Madison, Mississippi. Choir Talks is the podcast version of a devotion that I'll share with the choir on Wednesday nights. I'm reading through Genesis right now and thinking about a particular theme or something that that reoccurs, and it's the practice of building an altar. Uh, There are several men who build altars for several reasons in Genesis, and altars are like a sacred space that a human creates for a moment where he can commune with God, especially as a response to something that God has said to him or that God has done. The first time it happens is when Noah builds an altar after he leaves the ark, after the flood. Um, It's a significant time of worship. It's It's a response to God's rescue of him and his family. And it's also Noah acting as a priest to make an intercession for the world. And we can tell that because God's response is to promise not to destroy the world again uh, by water. It's a significant moment because it's the first time since Adam was kicked out of the garden where we see God and man in a moment of communion like God had originally designed in the Garden of Eden. We have Noah there. And by the way, Noah's name means rest. And so we have Noah rest and having a Sabbath rest, a time with God after a great moment of turmoil of God's judgment. So that's the the altar of Noah. Is there a season of turmoil maybe that God has delivered you through or your family through? Should you create a sacred space in your heart or in your family's life pattern to rest with him after he has delivered you? The next character that we see build an altar is Abram, or the person who will become Abraham. He builds three different altars in Genesis 12 and 13. The first one is right after God um, speaks to him and makes this covenant promise with him. And uh, so uh, he also calls Abraham to leave where he is, his country, and to go into a foreign place, a place that he doesn't know. So Abraham leaves, and when he gets to the place where God has showed him, then he pitches his tent and sets up an altar. Two more times he moves to different parts of this land that God has promised him, and every time it says that he pitches his tent there and then sets up an altar. He's been given a promise of God, and everywhere that promise is going to be fulfilled, he sets up a place to worship God, a place where he can commune with God. The land that God promises to Abram is going to be a sacred space for Abram and his descendants. And so he sets up an altar there to invite God's presence into each place where he is trusting God to give him and to bless his family. So here's a question for us. Are you trusting God to move and to work in a particular way in your life? Do you need to set up a sacred space or a worship time, um, a set-aside time or even place where you regularly meet with the one who is faithful and is calling you? Abraham's son, Isaac, also builds an altar. In Genesis 26, it's described. It comes immediately after Isaac has a moral failure. He lies. He puts his wife at risk. And then, and then we see him experiencing consequences that God brings into his life. He goes through a time when God is, is pruning him. Uh, and then there's a reconciliation. 
And in that time, God speaks to him. And as a part of the reconciliation, he reaffirms the promise that God had first given to Abraham, his father. So at that moment, Isaac builds an altar where God spoke to him. And then he sets up his tents to stay right in that spot. So question for us, are you dealing with the fallout from something that you've done wrong? Are you struggling with the consequences of your sin? Do you sense that the Father is calling you back to himself, calling you back to be reconciled with him? Do you need to set up a sacred space in your life so that you can know and experience the cleansing and the forgiveness of your heavenly Father? Jacob, the son of Isaac, also builds an altar in Genesis 35. At this point in his life, Jacob has has wandered uh, from God. And we see in that chapter that there are foreign gods that are in his tents and in the tents of the people of his household. He has allowed um, part of the culture to come into his world and, and to begin to take the place of worship that belongs to God alone. So God speaks to him. And he tells him to go back to Beth-El, which is a place uh, that means house of God. He sends him back to the place where he first experienced God's presence, to a a place where he had a dramatic experience, a, a dream, where he saw heaven and saw the Father. And when he gets there, God tells him to build an altar. So Jacob is obedient. He cleans out his house of idols, and he removes the things that, um, that have taken his affection, and he goes back to that moment and that place where he learned to be obedient to the Father. He's the only patriarch that failed to set up an altar the first time that God appeared and spoke to him. But now, at this later moment in his life, he is called back to that place, and so he sets up an altar, a sacred place for God to uh, be the supreme and number one in his life. So here's a question for us. Are there foreign gods? Are there things in your life or in your family's life that have set up base in your heart? Are they taking away attention that belongs to God alone? Do you need to go back to a place where you last heard from God? Do you need to go back to a place where God was the number one thing in your life and set up a sacred space there where he is worshiped, where God is remembered and honored as the number one thing in your life or in your family? Think about those altars of Genesis this week. Look for a moment and a time where you can set up a sacred space in your heart and in your schedule during the week and commune with the Father and experience His presence. Have a great week.